Hi, I'm Rush Limbaugh, here to complain about feminazis and regulation, stopping business from achieving anything in this country. Also, would you like some codeine? Because I got a shitload. It's here in my man purse. Just kidding, I would never use a man purse. I'm Rush Limbaugh. I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. And it's time for episode number 301 of Video Games Hot Dog, the one that we're doing very, very sadly without Jim. Yeah. Jim is very happy because he's on his honeymoon right now. Although he's in the middle of a forest fire, as from what I understand. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, did he start the fire? No, it was, was actually it, some It was, was, it was always burning since the world's been turning? It was some teens launching off some fireworks yeah, in the really, middle of the lake. It's a real it, fire watch. Uh, oh, is that true? Yeah, kind of. They're, they're, Do you think they were emulating Firewatch? Do you think that the Forest Service can sue Campo Santo for giving those teens I, that I idea? I don't think so. I think that that art was imitating life, and it has just imitated it right back. Fireworks, man. Yeah. Why are they still legal anywhere? It doesn't make any sense. It's like pumping your own gas. <laughs> so, driving up to Oregon <laughs> get a for, on for the eclipse, uh, I was reminded that Oregon... Like pumps gas for you, and reminded how that feels weird when you live basically yeah. anywhere else. Uh, but you're right because it is this incredibly volatile substance. Why the hell are we letting consumers? Yeah, touch just this? normal. Like, yeah. why are normal, yeah. untrained people allowed to handle this stuff? It doesn't make any yeah. sense. If it were invented now, there's no way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what are you like, going to do? Let's go like, back to the good old days. Well, because it's weird because you, you go to a gas station in you know, most other states and people are like drinking it and they're yeah, like just soaking yeah. their clothes in it. Yeah, just yeah, spraying and, it yeah. across lighters uh, yeah. to do a cool <laughs> flamethrower trick. Have you ever done that? No, I don't think. No, <laughs> Jesus Christ. And also, I don't think it would work. I think it would just put out the <laughs> like if you throw a match mm. into a puddle of gasoline, it will the match will yeah. just go out. Well, that doesn't work. If you if the if the fumes catch fire, then the whole thing will catch a fire. I, right? I can tell you, yeah. you've studied this a little bit. <laughs> mm. I, okay, I guess if you throw a match into a bucket of gasoline, it will go out. Correct. Unless you're like boy, unless you have the bucket of gasoline on a Bunsen burner, sure. and so you're getting a lot of fumes. Then as soon as you light the match, everyone dies. The whole world. It was like a, the 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 Hiroshima, the Manhattan experiment, yeah, yeah, or whatever. Like they they weren't sure that it wasn't just going to destroy right. the entire universe. Like when they first turned on the Large Hadron Collider, the Large Bill Hader Collider. Uh, I was uh, so I went to a wedding in Denver recently. Was that before or after? Must after the last show. Okay, uh, and I was talking to somebody, and they were talking about how uh, they were studying the northern lights uh in the early 60s because uh high altitude nuclear tests also set off the northern lights and i was like oh yeah my dad did that <laughs> it was his fault yeah. um wait are you sure that was at the wedding because i feel like i was, was there for that conversation i told i think i told uh, you, you told it. the story to somebody yeah, yeah. else when yeah I was there. okay um so yeah my dad my dad did high altitude nuclear testing in the in the Pacific. Your dad was a nuclear physicist slash rocket scientist. Yep, he yeah. was. And um, now he's just all he cares about is golf. Yep, just now he's a golf scientist. Yep. <laughs> Does he have a degree in golf? It might as well. I mean, he probably has an honorary degree from some, like, St. From Andrews. some golf college. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what kind of golf experiments is he working on? Uh, so, 
Jesus. In grade school, uh, I won a science fair by doing a golf experiment. <laughs> Did he uh, secretly do all the work? No, he just sort of pointed me to the fact that it was a possibility. So there's this thing uh, when you are testing uh, how much a uh, like the slope of various parts of a putting green, you use a thing called a stimp meter, which is basically a stick with a, an indentation in it that you set the golf ball in it and you raise the stimp meter up and the golf ball falls out at sort of a preordained angle. And then you measure how far the, the ball rolls and you get, a, you can like do some, a little bit of math and you're like, okay, well, this is like how this is the slope and the, the roll of the, of the putting green. And I was able to just take that same device and predict like where to put like a little cup on the floor to catch a, a golf ball that rolled off a table because I knew all of the, the variables and stuff like that. And I was like, well, see, here's science. Science works basically. <laughs> was it, it was a, like, as far as science experiments go, it was pretty bad. As far as like demonstrating that you can like do a bunch of like, yeah, it must have seemed pretty magical, like the, way above your level. Then it was pretty good, but yeah, it was golf stamp meter. Stamp meter. Who's stamp? I don't know. I don't know if it's based after named after a person or if it's an anagram. I've forgotten all of that stuff. It's a uh, an anagram of MEPS standard uh, traversal interfering. That's it. No. Yeah. No. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Uh, I also went to a, a wedding. Yeah, that same day uh, that you weren't able to go to because you had a you had a prior engagement. Indeed, because <laughs> the engagement the, resulted in a wedding. I was in the wedding party. So oh, I couldn't, well, I couldn't you couldn't, not you couldn't get shot. Um, yeah, I went to I went to the wedding of one uh, of one Jim Frog Fractions uh, yeah. from this podcast. He was not on this podcast now because he is literally on his honeymoon. He and his uh, he and his now wife April. Uh, rather than deciding, uh, whether they would, I guess, disappoint all the grandparents by her not taking his name or disappoint all of the woke peers by her, yes, taking his name, decided to both change their last names to Storm Dancer, which they did legally. Huh. Okay. So he I was is now. If that was a joke or not. <laughs> well, so was I. Uh, as was I. And and he he maintains that it is real and it I, I so believe, it could I be that it everybody's being real being but like w- w- is it tongue in cheek or is it like super serious because like and I think well that, it's them he did yeah. tell me he did tell me that he promised April's family that the wedding wouldn't be all frog fractionsy right <laughs> so uh, I don't know what that meant to them they seem like normal people uh, which is which is fine although probably a little mystified by this whole storm chaser thing storm dancer dancer storm yeah why do i keep saying storm chaser see this is a bad because name storm Jim. chaser is a thing that exists sure, it's before a real thing. this yeah okay you're Whereas like he's like Bill storm dancer is Bill a lot like Paxton. skywalker okay yeah so they're uh, they're actually just secretly jedi which is cool one of april's coworkers was there and he said we in the park service we refer to each other by our last names on the walkie talkies which everyone can huh. hear and I said, oh, so that's going to suck because every new hire is going to say, how come she gets a fucking sick nickname and <laughs> we all have to use our real last names? So anyway, good old good old Jim Stormdancer. Uh, who, it is a pretty fucking sweet name. It's pretty sweet, but he is like a guy that you have to refer to by his last name 
a lot. So now sure. we have to. It's like when your friend Larry decides he's Lawrence now, and although I don't see Jim being a dick, if we, you mean James, <laughs> right? I don't see James Storm Dancer being a being a dick about us I'll referring to him as Jim Frog Fractions to me. Or in in Jenny's phone, he's what like Jeff Frog Fractions or <laughs> I know. Steve? He's Steve Frog Fractions. Okay. In well, because yeah. Steve is just although I, I think name. that she did change it to Steve Storm Dancer. <laughs> <laughs> while we were while we were there, that's pretty good. Anyway, uh, that wedding was a delight. Yeah, yeah. Got to got to see a what lot. What were of, some highlights? Oh, I mean, just the f- the fellow feeling of of a bunch of uh, local and and local adjacent game developers, and then a bunch of normal people all kind of hanging out and drinking and having a good time. And you, you were able to communicate with each other. You didn't have to use yeah, like, hand signals. Yeah, or we were. We just kept saying, "It's like Madden." It's like Madden. Our jobs, it's like, it's like you know Madden? Yeah, we do that. It's like Madden. 2K7. Far from the Madden crowd? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. It's a Madden, 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 Madden world. This the world good. of game development, Yeah. said. Yeah. Then we went to fucking PAX. Riff, oh, tell yeah. us about fake PAX. Yeah, please. Uh, fake PAX was uh, me and... Uh, uh, well, initially, maybe a dozen people with their kids that hung out at my friend Nick's house. And Wait, a dozen people with kids? Yeah, well, a dozen people not counting the people's kids. And then after everyone had eaten pizza, the the kids were taken home uh, mainly by the wives. And, it, and the party resolved into the concentrated eight guys and some board games in the basement. Was this just one evening? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was like a full four-day-long fest. No, no, no. We just call it fake packs because we do it. Uh, we do it the, the same, weekend of PAX. The same time as packs. Yeah, for all of us that are. You know that PAX, PAX is only three hours away. You could just go to PAX. Eh, it costs also, a lot of money, and it's so fucking crowded. To drive up for three hours, we could have given you a, a badge. You could have gotten in for free, Riff. It's it's it is really crowded. Yeah, it is. It's it is crowded. crowded. You know what? It is way less gross than it was in previous years. Although I recall really? you hung out in the giant pile of snuggle sacks a lot, which was probably still really gross. Yeah, there was like I did a little not bit. that was there yeah, was not that was where like everyone was just sitting playing DS games and shit. Yeah, yeah. There, there was not. Uh, there weren't a lot of times when I smelled farts. And there were almost no times that I smelled bo. So I think that there's been a little bit of a uh, little bit of advancement in the in the overall level of ambient social skills. Either there. that, or they're just uh, much better at circulating the air. Could be they they might dust the entire area with an anti fart powder. Yep. <laughs> Did you buy that? Make anti-fart powder. Yeah, that you buy like it. What you'd buy it like the opposite of a gags and novel. Yeah, I was gonna say you order it from the front page of Boys Life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or or maybe uh, maybe the air was being cleared by uh, the fire that they were lighting at the where the water tastes like wine booth. Right. Oh. They were lighting literal fires at that booth so oh, that good. it would smell like smoke, and the booth was filled with bales of hay. It so it was an amazing booth. So this- it was this is incredible. how those wildfires started. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit. This booth was so out of control. Real, real high production value. The whole back of it, it was like a 20 by 20 booth, and the whole back wall of it was like a backlit kind of magic lantern looking yeah, jigsaw, diorama jigsaw cut that wood. was 
wood. It was all made of wood. Like it, I looked at it and I was like, oh, okay, that's would be really hard and really expensive to make out of foam core. But then when we got up to it, I was like, oh, nope, it's just wood. This was even more expensive. Yeah, painted black so it's just this this beautiful cutout design and then all these apple crates filled with actual apples for attendees to take and eat that had <laughs> where the water tastes like wine stickers on them and four uh four TVs that you could play. Were there yeah. just apple cores just all over packs? <laughs> yeah, apples are the new stickers. You're not allowed to hand out stickers or apples. So Come we on. learned that the convention center if they find a sticker on anything, charges $500 for it, which the PAX organization then bills to whoever the whoever sticker it was. Yeah, whoever, yeah. Which the seems IP like a really good IP way to troll somebody. Real good sabotage. Yeah. 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 Um, we didn't have any stickers. We showed West of Loathing in the Indie Mega booth and in the PAX 10. So our plan was to take twice as many dudes so that we wouldn't have to do what Kevin and I did at PAX East, which was just brutally and relentlessly have to work the booth the entire time the show floor was open but then we ended up with twice as many booths so we just all had to do it yeah wish you i wish you had been there riff <laughs> <laughs> sorry uh no it was good we got we got spelled occasionally by uh by good old ryan ike although he was in multiple games there that's true he also did the music for where the water tastes like wine which he did he was simultaneously working on one game about isn't it hilarious that cows are demons and and whatever and and another one where hey isn't America a garbage pile and uh, some, it was I think good for him to swap tones. Which was which? The swap <laughs> tones would be a good name for a ska band. Yeah, Not really. True. The the swap tones would be a good name for a ska band in the fiction of a like Tetris mm. style puzzle game. Okay. So, you know, like, okay, so imagine in the arcade Tetris, that little guy who would pop out of the cuckoo clock and do the Ooh. do the Russian dance. So imagine you're playing Columns or a game that involved swapping things, and the cuckoo clock opened, and a ska band came yeah, out. Yeah, and he's doing that, whatever that ska dance is. Where you just skanking hop. Skanking or whatever it's called. Okay, skanking, yeah, there you go. Uh, is that and, like dabbing? And they're just the swap tones. Well, it's like dabbing except from the 90s. Okay. So that was PAX, pretty much that ska band, uh, coming out of a cuckoo clock and dabbing. <laughs> um, it's cool that there were columns of gems, though. Yeah, I mean, it was mostly... Col I, although, I think those were... the. That's just how the convention center always is. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's On the oh, so you have to be careful not to match them, or they'll disappear and the entire structure will collapse. Well, yeah, no, it just knew a new a new convention center falls in from the sky. It's it's okay. That's when you when you need a room to be a different shape, you just kind of fuck around with it until it is. Uh, when we were leaving uh, to go to the airport, the the sun was just this intense red. Yeah, just a blood red orb that yeah. you could oh. easily look at with the that's naked eye. Good, good omens. That's, yeah. That's nice. Hey, let's get on a fucking plane. Yeah. Uh, Did you was... see some crows flying backwards? <laughs> huh. Yeah, as they were sucked into the engine of the plane as we took off because of the bad omen. No, it was real weird because it was like... It's it was of, very, it has to be the forest fire. It was very right? overcast. 
But do you know, you know how sometimes it can be just exactly overcast enough that you can see the sun with a really, really crisp outline around the edge, but it's not too bright to look at? This was that, which is pretty rare, but then just red. Yeah. Like, it was horrifying. Like blood red. It was weird. Um, is, that a, is that the sailor's delight? Mm, yeah, it was morning, so sailor take warning. But I don't know how that applies to pilots. Mm. They're kind of size, sky sailors. Also, I, it's, I don't think it's the sun. I think it's red yeah, sky I, at morning. Yeah. Uh, well, that's true. Did you guys ever read that book, Red Sky at Morning? No. It is, I want to say it was written in the 60s, and it's just about a kid who moves to a new high school in, like, New Mexico. It's just kind of a, like a coming-of-age, like a... I don't know, not really Catcher in the rye but, like, similar to that. It was pretty good. Catcher in the That's how That's how a person who delivered that line would follow it up with onomatopoeia. Do you think hoo is onomatopoeia? I guess for an owl. Yeah, I guess. Or is onomatopoeia only writing? I mean, if you make a noise, that's just a noise. It can't be onomatopoeia. Yeah, I think that's well. Hmm. Although, if you say TikTok, yeah, that's like that's not or like crash hmm. or bang. That's yeah. Onomatopoeia. What about awoo? Like if a of a wolf howling. I I, I guess. What about Like when Bill the cat, <laughs> what, what like ack acthupt. I thought you were saying player unknown battlegrounds. Yeah. What about PUBG, 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 PUBG? Um, God, PAX, man. Yeah. I'm still real tired. Yeah, me too. And I had the easy job. We had chairs. You were Did just, you use them? Did you oh, sit? Oh, yeah. We sat the whole time. Wow, that's great. We that just sat and awesome. sat and sat, except when we like were able to go to the bathroom whenever we wanted. You could just go to the bathroom in the chairs? Yeah, just right there. They that's were, nice. They were that kind of chair. That's good. It was weird. So the booth was in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Okay. They, um, Are you closed sure off? this was actually a booth and you guys weren't just hanging out in the bathroom at PAX? Well, I did take a picture of the the stall that I was in. Did you not? Did you see my tweet? No. There was a there was some graffiti that I took. I photographed. Oh yeah. Okay. Right. But I wouldn't say that was a picture of a stall. That was a picture of it's from part inside of the stall. A stall. I guess. Yeah. But that could be anywhere. You could have just written that on your hand. And then sure. gone to a gone to a toilet and taken a picture of it. On your big wide white painted hand. <laughs> yeah, sure. like that Nick Cave song. Um, you know about <laughs> about your big white white painted hand. That's red right hand. Come on, guys. We got to. Uh, There's only one Nick Cave song. How do you? Hmm. Pink Moon. That's uh, Nick Drake. <laughs> Now I don't even Isn't know what's that happening. The guy in that Uncharted video game. Yes, uh, we got to hang out with uh, with Zach Barth. Oh yeah, we went to a, we went to a Barth Oh, it was it was very nice. Yeah, it was great. It's good um, to see him. Yeah, the old Zachtronics crew. No longer Zachtronics. No, Maybe they're still Zachtronics. So they're still Zachtronics. They're just owned by someone else. Yes. So he was able to fulfill both they are fantasies of owning his own company and also just having a job where somebody else decides what he does. He, I think he gets to decide what, decide what he does, hmm. which is what he wanted. Well, that sounds like he's still unhappy then. No, I think he's pretty happy. I think I think he's just not stressed out about the future as much. 
He loaned me a Douglas Copeland book, which I hope to read one day. I'll give it back to him as soon as I give you back House of Leaves. We got to. uh, (laughs) You can keep that House of Leaves. (laughs) I know. We got to hear about what they're working on now, which I don't know if they've announced, so I guess we can't talk Uh, about it. Luckily, I don't remember. Okay, good. Uh, I'm sure once you once you say it to me after the show, it'll come back to me. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I talked to Brendan at uh, at Jim's wedding, Brendan Chung, oh, and yeah. uh, he, Tom had been beta testing a game that he uh, revealed the existence of on uh, Creighton Crowbar, and he said, "Yeah, Brendan told me he would have announced the game by the time this podcast comes out, so it's okay for me to talk about it." But then Brendan did not announce the game, oh, no. so it just uh, it just accidentally got uh, got announced. But it's a Apparently a VR-only sequel to Flotilla. That's cool. Which I'm excited about because I bought a Vive. It's like that We Bought a Zoo movie, except it's me and a Vive. I bought a Switch. I also bought a Switch. Yeah. Yeah. We I met with had Nintendo. a Switch. We met with Nintendo about porting West of Loathing to the Switch, which we think we're going to do. And uh, I know, Super man. Super excited how... about that. Dude, I know. And the best thing, Riff, is that you and I don't have to do shit to make it happen. <laughs> like, yes! This is... <laughs> we're the people who are going to be the happiest about it, and we have to do the least work. Um, we still have some testing to do. Well, it's going to work. We already did our part, though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we got to go to the we got to go to the Nintendo employee store. Well, they just had everything. Yeah, they just had all so the Nintendos. I was kidding when I said you got any NES classics back there, and then he was like, "Yeah, what? What the fuck? Like <laughs> they were refurbished? Yeah, but because they they literally sold out. But that doesn't matter. Like I want it to play. Like I I, I don't want to sell it. I want to play it. Well, you I should have. I I don't know why I bought ten. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I didn't buy ten. There oh, would have been room in my luggage. <laughs> you're making. You're building your own play choice ten. Is how oh yeah, is. play choice ten at a time. Yeah. But yeah, we all got switches. So really, Nintendo made out. Yeah. Uh, on that little trip, because I think five of us all bought switches. Well, yes, we did. Every and single game, one of us went there. Yeah. And- some controllers yeah. and some some clothing. Yeah, so they made like, a cool twenty five hundred bucks off of that potential meeting where they are not going to give us any money to port <laughs> West of Loathing to the Switch. Yep. Nobody gives any money for ports anymore, though. So. Well, I mean, I think if we had been a Doc Masters and Dot Masters, Doc Masters, Donk, donk Masters. Yes. I don't know what that is. Dank Masters. Oh, I see. You're you're making a joke about ports, like the port of San Francisco or the port of New Orleans or the city of angels. Uh Or Sky Harbor. Or the city of brotherly love. Port cities. Okay. Portland. Portland. Maine or Oregon. Indeed. Uh, Yeah. (sighs) Yeah, so uh, Nintendo was cool. I hadn't been there since uh, the last time I went to since the first PAX, where I also went to the employee store and bought a GameCube for like ten dollars because it was kind of late in the GameCube cycle. This was late in the GameCube. Yeah, late in the game cube cycle. Right. <laughs> Did you ever play Cube Cycle? It was that video game based on gleaming the cube? Is that the one where you get to make your own tracks, but they're all basically the same? Yeah. You know what else I found out? I found out that the West of Loathing programmer also worked on Excite Truck. Really? Which, like, nobody played, but I had it. <laughs> like, when when I got my Wii, I was like, oh, hey, a truck game that is apparently in the same series as Excite Bike. That's interesting. What, did you just make tracks and go over hills and stuff? Like, how did it work? Yeah, you just were on... I didn't make any tracks, but I, presumably you could. Okay. You were just in a truck, and you could steer Pop it wheels. in midair. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of, like, jumps. 
a lot of jumps and leaps. Was it, like, it was pretty similar to Tony Hawk's Downhill Jam by Star truck? Control like 2. Like a pickup truck or like a... Yeah, like a monster truck. Monster truck. It was like, a, it was like Stompers, the video game. What is Stompers? Pretty good. You never had Stompers as a kid? No. They were like little trucks and monster trucks that you could swap out parts on and they had little... They ran on a single AA battery and they had little motors and you could build... There was like you'd build tracks for them, but the tracks had like obstacles and stuff for them to roll over and. Ooh. Huh. I had penny racers that you could swap out parts on, but those parts were all pennies. But they were different dates, and you could put a wheat penny in, and like yeah, you could you could get one out now and put one of the weird pennies with the shield on the back instead of the Lincoln Memorial. Oh, it makes you feel weird. old. Well, yeah. what about the, the they're always like, so shiny until you find an old one and then feel even more depressed. That like nineteen eighty. <laughs> Two division or whatever that is, where they switched over from copper to zinc. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a fun one where you can like just flip a penny and you can tell by the sound by whether the sound it's from of it. Before. Yeah, yeah, I like, I like that. So you one can, of those World War Two iron ones. You can dazzle oh, people at parties by your ability to identify whether a penny is from before or after 1982 without looking at it. Yep. No one is dazzled by that though. Really? I don't know. I've never tried. It's a pretty cool trick. Well, let's try it at the next party we go to, and we'll see. Okay, so you do that, and I'll you do that, and I'll buy a round of drinks, and we'll see who is more popular. <laughs> you can just oh. get a little clipboard with some forms, and ask yeah. people if they were wow. Yeah, who was who? Who did you think was cooler, Penny guy or free drinks guy? <laughs> I mean, we don't want to prime them, you know. Yeah, that doesn't um, sound very scientific. Maybe well, if you well, give them a drink and then promise them that if they don't drink it, you'll give them two drinks later. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty scientific. Wow. Yeah. Huh. The, like the modern adult marshmallow problem. Yeah. I don't know that that really proves anything, though. Like, because it's like... Is it a cold drink? Will the drink remain cold if you don't drink it now? Because that, mm, that would be a concern. confounding, yeah. A Maybe you just put a, factor. put a marshmallow in a shot glass. And I guess the control group is like, ha fuck you, I was lying, you don't get two drinks. <laughs> yeah, science. Uh, well, do you guys want to talk about video games? Uh, sure. sure. Has it been long enough? What did you play, Riff? It's been a while. Um, not really anything new. I beat um, Dawn of Sorrows. Um, I played some more, um, oh, well, not... I don't remember when the last time we talked about it was, but I stopped playing It'll Do 2 and started playing It'll Do 1 instead. <laughs> so I played some of that. So was that because you were like, I don't remember how It'll Do works or what What happened there? It, just because I, I don't don't like the new structure of it'll do two as much as I oh, like no. one just because it was like, it'll, I mean, it'll do two is fine. It's, but it's just cute, funny Zelda. Whereas it'll do one was, I don't know, so much more interesting and puzzle focused. Wait, is it'll do two not a crazy puzzle game? I mean, it has puzzles, but it it has puzzles that don't seem any more interesting than a Zelda game's puzzles. No, I wanted it to be, I wanted it to be just a, a new, different yeah, version exactly. of it'll do one. Yeah. I'm pretty, oh, wow. did, we, oh, did we not talk about this yet? We, no. Yeah, we did. I don't remember this at all. No, we had you, like more or might, less this exact I, conversation. I, yeah, I definitely remember ago. you being similarly disappointed to hear about it the first time. So I was really, may, maybe really you, tired. So God, I wish that, that. Don't you wish? Don't you wish that instead of 
you forgetting about that so that you could be disappointed again yeah. by the news <laughs> that you could forget about the first time that you played It'll Do One so that you oh, could play yeah. it again and enjoy it again all over and then not I be think, disappointed by It'll Do I Two. I think enough time will pass where I will forget everything I know about It'll Do One more or less and I get to play and it again and play it again. Be yeah, that probably. That I'm 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 waiting for that to happen for uh, La Mulana. I I made a I'm an idiot. I made a, a like a category on my Steam folder for like games I was going to binge after we f- we shipped uh West of Loathing and like that's just not going to happen. Just, there's there's already enough like so much work more work to be done that I'm just never going to get to play any games again. <laughs> it's making me sad. Hour after hour work is never over. That's true. <laughs> um can't really think of any other game video games I played. I played a couple board games. At PAX, fa- fake, fake packs. packs. Yeah, we played play? a round of uh, Mysterium and a round of. So wait, Mysterium is Dixit, but different. Right. Yeah, it's it's um, the setup is there's uh, one player who has totally different mechanics to play by, and he's playing like a ghost. Okay. And all all the other players are playing psychics who are trying to figure out who killed this guy. Killed the person who is now the ghost. Right. And uh, so it, it, the, the table gets laid out with a set of uh, uh, like eight or nine cards representing different people. And they have like pictures of this person and then various objects around them sort of relating to who that person is and what they do. Like a seance? Uh, yeah, kind of. It is kind of set up that way. But you, okay. you, you've got these cards uh, relating to these people. Like there's, there's one, uh, there's, there's one guy that was like a hunter. So he's like dressed as a hunter, and in the margins of the card, there's like a rifle and a hunter picnic basket. I don't know what those <laughs> things are called. And, and you know, just hunter accoutrement kind of stuff. So you kind of get a feeling about what sort of guy this is. And then there's another set of cards that uh, that are all uh, paintings of places. And then a set of cards that are objects that could presumably have been used as a weapon. Like Clue, you know? And so... Each... I mean, the whole thing is kind of like Clue, right? Yeah, because it's, there's it's a lot like Dixit People, Clue. rooms... Weapons yeah. and the the in in each round you start out e- each player who is not the ghost is trying to find out about one of these people that might have been the killer and so you're trying to get the you're trying to get a person and the place where they were at the time of the crime and an object that they had at the time of the crime. So and, like all of the people have been murdered. No, no, no. Right. J- just this one ghost has been murdered. Wait. Huh. So the, the, the one player who is playing the ghost has been murdered. The other people playing the game are, are like psychics. And the cards on the table represent non-player characters who are, who are suspects in the, in the murder. And each, each of the psychics is trying to find out the, the, correct facts about one of the suspects and and so in the first round you're you're trying to to find the the, each of the psychics is trying to find out uh is trying to pick the correct suspect person card and the the ghost has a set of cards that are like like dixit cards like just sort of random surreal paintings 
and the the ghost gives one of these cards to each psychic as like a dream that they are sending this pe- this person and you you try and figure out only based on this card because the ghost player is not allowed to speak uh what which of the people is the guy is trying to indicate to you so like like um uh, I can't remember a real example, but like maybe if maybe if you get past a card that has a lot of pictures of wildlife on it, then maybe the ghost is trying to tell you that you should be looking for the hunter, right? And so you you say, okay, I think the I think that dream meant this guy, and you put your token on that card, and and the other psychics do the same, trying to pick out which guy they think they're being directed to. And the ghost indicates which people were correct and which people weren't and the people that were correct go on to the next round. or Well, everyone goes on to the next round, but whoever did not correctly pick their person get a second dream to try and guess their person again. The people that did correctly get their person get a second dream, and now they're trying to pick which room that person was in. Hmm. And, and it goes... And, what if there's a limited number of rounds, if all of the psychics manage to get their correct trio of person, place, and thing, then there's a final round where the ghost puts three more dreams in the middle of the table and the, uh, the psychics all uh, individually, without conferring with each other, try and fig- try and guess which of the psychic set of people those these new three dreams indicates like who who is the ghost telling us is the murderer and then like clue you you put a little numbered token in an envelope secretly i guess that's not like clue but clue has an envelope which is where what i was thinking of but but every every psychic makes a secret guess of of which of the established suspects uh is the murderer based on that. And then the, the ghost reveals who was correct. And apparently in the, in the hard version of the game, which you're not supposed to play until like you've played dozens and dozens of these games with the same people and know, know how everybody guesses and interprets these various cards. The hard version of the game, the psychics only win if they guess correctly and unanimously. Wow. Which sounds crazy because you have to do it secretly. <laughs> so so everyone has to independently and privately guess correctly, which sounds madness to me. But I guess if you've been playing this game with the same people a lot of times, then you start to reckon, then you start to get like like memes, I guess, like this particular card always mean means this guy or something like that. But it's, yeah, it was interesting. I so. I played this game for the first time when I was visiting Tom Francis in Bath, and they had arrived at a set of house rules that were a dramatic simplification of the the normal rules that just made it more fun to play. Because there's all of these, like, tokens for individual investigators that go on to tracks and get like can be spent for extra clues or something that the the way that works is you have you 
when somebody makes one one of the other investigators makes a guess, you can put down a token saying you think that guess is right or wrong, and as if you guess cor- if you guess right or wrong correctly, then you get points, and the number of points you get by the by the uh, the last round reveal determines how many of those three public dreams you get to see. It's it's weird, but this seems like they took they wanted to make a slightly more gamey version yeah. of Dixit, but yeah. made it just so confusing. Like it's really confusing to explain. I feel like I feel like if if I if I played a second game of it, I would I would totally be yeah. be down it's, with how it works. I feel like people bounce off of it though because it is so confusing to explain. Yeah. Like in a yeah. very 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 difficult to learn how to play according to the rules because I feel like what I ended up doing when I bought a copy and played it here a few times was an even more simplified house rules version of it. I was under the impression that all of the people like, each of the psychics was investigating a person who had been murdered, not a person who oh. was a suspect. And Oh, and you're trying to guess which of those people is the Which ghost? of the ghosts is you. Yeah, oh. and I thought that I had that from that, the rules, but maybe that, I just made might, that up. Well, it might also be that the guy who was explaining it to me, or to us, explained it differently. I, I, don't, I don't feel like thematically that really changes anything. No, it doesn't really matter, yeah. Or but, mechanically, man, it it's, it's like... That Tales of the Arabian Nights game that Greg Kostikian worked on in the 80s or, or early With 90s the big or fat whenever they came out. Choose your own adventure book. Yeah, where it's, where it is such a lightweight, fun thing when you're actually playing it, but yeah. there is this additional layer of this incredibly convoluted, like, movement and movement over yeah, land versus sea and, and all of the stat yeah. stuff. And, like, how that, it takes a thing that would be this incredibly accessible party game and just makes it a okay. super alienating nerd fest that. Uh, Do you feel like. Code words is simple enough. Oh yeah, yeah. Huh. Code names. Code names. Co- yeah, code names. I feel like is a perfect game for people who are like because it you, requires a good five minutes of explanation at the beginning. Well, except you can learn it while you're playing the first game of it, and a game if takes ten. To, and a game takes ten minutes. Yeah, if you don't have to be like the, that's the, the spy master. That is the thing that makes it amazing. Only one person needs to know how to play it, and they can just be the spy master and explain the things that they're saying and what they mean. And then the other people can just learn by playing. Like, I think that makes it a perfect accessible game. And that's why it's a target now. Sure. You know. Sight unseen, I, I bought Codenames Duet, the two-player oh, yeah, the, the like, two-player two player variant. variant. That seems fun. And I'll see how that goes uh, yeah. sometime soon. Uh, we also played a round of um, the dice version of Race for the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. I think they made a massive mistake calling it Roll for the Galaxy and not Dice for the Galaxy. But... I guess I don't get to make that decision. What about Dace for the Galaxy? Yeah. <laughs> is there, was it not pu- like published by the people that did the other role for whatever, or role, 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 whatever? Oh, is that, is that, I'm there's, not aware of another one. There's, there's the game Through the Ages, which is an incredibly complicated civilization game. And then Roll Through, Through the, the Ages, ages which yeah. is a very streamlined, like, this is like that thematically, but it's just Yahtzee, <laughs> kind of. Uh, and is real good. I met the I met some of the folks that did the port for the, like the digital version of Race for the Galaxy, and it looked pretty good. Yeah, mm. it's very faithful. Yeah, 
Wolf of the Galaxy is pretty good. I was super confused the entire time because, like, I I kind of I kind of understood what I was doing, but not so much that I didn't just feel like I was hanging by my thumbnails off of a cliff the entire time. And yet, yeah. I, I tied for first place anyway. <laughs> so, well, yeah, I guess it, I understood. The the I think the issue with that game is that there are so it's basically about rolling a bunch of dice and then performing some esoteric operations on those dice. Yeah. But all of that happens in secret. Uh-huh. So it is a it it is difficult to learn in the sense that it is you're doing a bunch of stuff that you don't know whether it's correct or not, mm. and you're doing it without anyone else being able to see it for you to ask. How how do people how do they prevent um they don't. It's just Cheating. an honor system. Yeah, wow. they don't. It's you roll dice and then you can reconfigure them in specific ways. I don't know. That, I mean, probably the thing that the secrecy adds to the game is value for experienced, serious players. Yeah, and so you could sort of probably the, get away with just not doing that. The secrecy bit determines what what tasks anyone can perform in a in a different round. So, yeah. So it, it's like, like there's like six things you can do that are like production or selling or exploring or whatever, and you get to pick one of those that everyone will definitely get to do that round, and then some that you would like to do, <laughs> but if nobody else picked one of those things that you just would like to do as a thing that is definitely going to happen, then you just don't get to do that. Yeah, those dice just go back into your pool. Yeah, so, which is fine, but it, yeah, but yeah, so it's the, the predicting like like if I really want to do this, I should. Am I going to pick this as my one thing we're definitely going to do, or do I gamble that somebody else will? Is is I guess the point of the secrecy thing. The other thing and, that made it kind of weird is that we we were just kind of like after after all those were revealed and what phases were going to do that round uh were were shown everyone just kind of ripped off and 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 did all their phases all at once and put the put their dice back in the cup and moved the screen back over to show that we were done with our turn whereas like i kind of feel like it would have been helpful for learning if somebody had stepped us through okay now we're going to do the research phase is everybody done Okay, now we're going to do the yeah. exploration phase. <laughs> but. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, Race for the Galaxy kind of has that too, where it's like right. you, you there's a round where everybody like picks their role, but then everything else kind of happens like simultaneously. Like every phase, everybody acts simultaneously. Yeah, I mean, it makes it a lot faster when people know what they're doing. Yeah, but it yeah. makes it it makes it much harder to learn. And I don't know that I think that Roll for the Galaxy is actually that much easier to play than race for the galaxy like there's i I was super intimidated reading race for the galaxy's rules in the way i wasn't about dealing with role for the galaxy although i guess i the the fact that the fact that i had role for the galaxy mediated by another person where i didn't when i was just reading the rule book for race for the galaxy might have been might have been a big part of that i don't know but yeah, that what? seemed that seemed pretty good. I would definitely if if they do like an iPad app with an AI version of that, I would get that and play with that some more. Um, what if what if what about when we make a game, a comedy space game called LOL for the Lol Galaxy? LOL for the Galaxy, that's pretty good. Let's do it. <laughs> we also played a round of Secret Hitler, 
uh, which is kind of fun. Although I, I really suck at games where you have to lie. <laughs> they, uh, they sent a copy of that to every U.S. senator uh, in the hopes that that somebody would, would admit it. <laughs> well, that they would like oh, they they would wake up and and like realize that they are supporting a. Uh, <laughs> like a fascist fascist regime candidate yeah. yeah but i don't think anybody did no i don't think uh i think those dudes are too much in the shit to to ever realize <laughs> they they've they've eaten the jello or whatever that is not at all what that phrase is Kool-Aid. uh they've they drank, yeah they've Kool-Aid. drank the Kool-Aid which isn't even Kool-Aid it was like flavor aid or whatever but sure anyway but I mean, it's whatever was in that giant uh, animated pitcher that came around and broke oh, through the yeah. wall. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Do you think that's poison? I never con- I never considered I, that. I wouldn't recommend drinking anything out of a guy that breaks through the wall. That's true. Especially because he doesn't have a lid. Right? Anybody could just put whatever they want in there. There could be spiders in there. Yeah, well, there probably are spiders. I mean, that's that's just sort of a... a t- I, I just assume that anything that is an open container is full of spiders. Maybe that's why he's always breaking through walls. Maybe it's just panic. You think? Well, I'm full of spiders! The wall's also I'm... probably full of spiders, though, so that doesn't help. Yeah, so it doesn't help him. I'm even more full of spiders now! I'm full of plaster and spiders. <laughs> Little bits of two-by-four. Mm. Man, maybe he runs through that section of wall that's like... In, in old houses in the bathroom where they had that slot for you to put razor blades in. Oh, <laughs> but, damn. But they just drop down into the wall that's not right. actually a container or anything. Yeah, it's not a sharps... It's not like a medical sharps container for, to be extracted a hundred years later. This is <laughs> this is the worst uh, time capsule ever. It's just <laughs> things that you uh, you hoped would, would be incinerated when the house burned down. Did you ever play the game um, Bad Mojo? No, I don't think so. Is that the one where you're a cockroach? Yeah, there's there's a sequence where you're trying to get past this rat that will uh, that that will uh, friggin' eat you if you get too close to its rat hole. But you you can take this elaborate path to go up and around inside the wall, and the one of the it's a it's a wall attached to the bathroom, and it has one of those razor blade holes, and you like find like a marble or some other object that you just push onto this this precarious pile of razor blades that is accumulated in this hole behind the wall and you just knock it all over on this rat to kill it it's uh, it's pretty uh, grotesque that was quite a there, game there's got to be some i mean we're we're doing this right in the DLC if it hasn't been done before, or even if it has, a video game where there's like a poltergeist that's just all of those rusty razor blades oh, from yeah, behind the like. That sounds like a good mini boss or something. Right, write that down. <laughs> uh, you write it down. <laughs> oh, you're the boss. No, there's no way. <laughs> No, okay. I'm sorry. I'll write it down. That was my, I wasn't trying to. Pull I wasn't rank. trying to pull rank. I just don't have a pen. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. Thanks. Kevin just handed me a 
XLR cable. An XLR cable. And that'll, like a pen? Yeah, that'll do. I'll just say it. I'll just say it into that. Just, just whisper it into the... In you are you are literally going to be taking show notes from this episode uh, later. Right, okay, yeah. So, But I mean, I don't really listen to it when I do that. I just, <laughs> okay. make, I just post a bunch of links to Zombo.com. <laughs> oh, wow. Have you just been trolling everybody this yeah, whole time? Yeah, no, and nobody, 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 nobody likes like, the notes. It's like when you stopped sending the minutes from the, That's true. <laughs> from the conference calls. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I've only been doing Zombo.com links for six months and nobody's noticed. Um, what about you, Kevin? What have you played? Uh, so I bought a Switch and I bought Breath of the Wild. Yay! And I played about, I don't know, two or three hours of that. Yeah. That's pretty fun. Did you get off the tutorial plateau? I have specifically not been doing that. I just wanted to wander around and see what there was to see. I spent some time learning how to cook. Get a fruit. Uh, I got some fruit. I got some monster parts. I made some elixirs and some, some food times. I've, uh, Still only got three hearts and not much uh, stamina to, to speak of. I don't know how you level those up. There's places that you buy it, but it's based on how many shrines you've cleared. I see. So I don't think you, there are enough shrines on the plateau for you to... Can you ever... You can get one. You can oh, okay. Get, yeah. There's definitely how, four shrines. How many of those uh, Gorok or Korok seeds are there on the... On the the, in dude, the, I don't know. There's like a thousand. There's like a thousand of them in the entire yeah. game. Well, right. I, I know there's 900. But like, how many of them are on the plateau? Yeah, can you get back to the plateau? I found yeah, two you, of them. You so can well. later. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, oh, I mean, right. You can, you can just teleport. teleport. Yeah, you yeah. can always just teleport there. Right. If, if you're playing non-teleport like me, there's still ways to get back later. Although it, it takes longer before you acquire that. I think I fucked up because I was supposed to follow some sort of quest to like follow the. The switch that you get <laughs> in the game. Oh yeah, and yeah. and I just accidentally found the tower control panel. I feel like there was probably some sort of interstitial quest stuff that I, I mm, ignored. I mean, it, anything anything important will still be in your quest log, and you can go do it whenever. Okay. Uh, what else? Uh, can you ever repair weapons? No. No. So but weapons weapons accumulate so fast you will never be without a full. So weapons. right, but uh, I have, I have found like one or two weapons on the plateau that are like three times as powerful as anything else, and those you gotta just let it go. Uh, man, I wow. know it's it sucks. What I, I, uh, I what I did was I I just collect weapons until I was full of weapons, and then just use use the shittiest one <laughs> unless I right. was unless I was like up against. A guy that's serious, you know. Yeah, there was like a stone monster that I had to like jump on the back of them and climb uh, up, yeah. and then those oh, those cool. are like mini bosses, kind of. Oh, okay, crazy. Yeah. They're hard. That was it was. I died a couple times to that guy, and then I just I was like, well, I guess I'm using my strongest weapon, and then it was much easier yeah. instead of trying to beat on him forever with the weakest weapon. Event, uh, you can you can get the master sword fairly quickly. Okay, uh, and that. Um, uh, that respawns itself like it, it it breaks after a while like every weapon but then like 10 minutes later it regenerates does it show up back in your inventory yeah weird it, it has like a reserved inventory slot i think it doesn't even take one of your weapon slots okay i have i have basically never used my shield because i'm bad at that whole mechanic uh but i have gotten real good at sniping enemies from a distance so that's that's fun i don't know if that'll continue to be option um i got i was really annoyed i couldn't figure out how to cook for the longest time until they like literally told me how to oh. do it tutorialized me 
Um, yeah, it's weird because you can just like drop stuff near a fire and it will roast it. Will it? Because I yeah. dropped apples near a fire and nothing happened to them, and I was like, "Well, Maybe I guess that's not near how enough." You cook, uh, yeah, yeah it probably it might, wasn't. might either have been not close enough, or you didn't give them long enough. Uh, I think they. I think the graphic is like they kind of have the appearance like they're catching fire. Is, I see. Is what it looks like, and then a second after that, they all go poof, 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 and, and turn into the different, uh, different image. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of a waste of the food, though. You want to be cooking right. it properly. Is it always better to do five ingredients than to do? I don't some think smaller. So. I mean, there are more elaborate recipes that let you make like like if you figure out what the recipes are to make a chocolate cake, you can do that. I don't feel like that's necessarily like cool. worthwhile. Yeah, it doesn't give you like a. And a unique buff or anything. So, well, like cooking five fruits together makes something that yeah, it, vendor it, it will, that vendor sell like it's a lot. It restores a lot of hearts, but it also vendor sells for a lot. Oh, huh. So, yeah. okay, it's do. Here's another question: Do mushrooms and apples and stuff uh, regenerate over time, or do are they do you pick I them once and they're so, gone? I think so, but I haven't been able to figure out what the time scale is. Uh, and then, so I made. So the thing that I did was that I was like worried because I found one patch of like the peppers. And so I was like, well, I guess I need to to make the best possible foods I can out of this. So like by putting one pepper into like a, a thing full of eggs and apples, I was able to make something that had a really long uh, temperature, temperature buff, buff thing. Yeah. Um, and I guess one time I made like a critical success or something because it was had twice as long as. Yeah. as so that's a, I guess that's a thing you have critical successes with crafting. Or with uh, yeah, I didn't know that. Um, there are parts of the world where peppers are very plentiful. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I found a bunch later too. And I, yeah. and I found out that I don't think that anything is, butterflies. I don't think that anything is super scarce. Yeah. Okay. All right. I get the, I get the sense that they want you real bad to just keep using just stuff. Just use. Up. Yeah. Just use, yeah. use, use, yeah. use, yep. use, use. Like it's. Yeah. It's, I, I am occasionally frustrated by just being just instantly killed by certain attacks on monsters because it doesn't. It's not entirely clear when they are deadly and when they are, they'll take a quarter of a heart or whatever. That, but, yeah, I mean, blocking is good for that. That's kind of what your shield is for. Yeah, have you tried getting good? Well, sure. Yeah. So, what there's, is saying. so there's that, but there's also, like, when I was fighting that rock monster, I would just be behind him and sometimes just instantly oh, die, yeah. even though there was no attack. And that, I feel like, was either a consequence of I the physics engine or, like stepped on or a glitch. Or something, yeah, yeah like, but it was like. Stepped on you, but you can't really tell because the camera has kind of. Yeah, the camera is too close, so you can't really see him. Yeah, that was that was really frustrating. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's it seems real fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely into it. I like. Did you play it on the airplane? I did not. Uh, I wanted to wait to start it with Melissa so that we could both sort of have seen the intro gotcha. to it. Um, I played it like half on the switch itself and half on the big TV in the bedroom. And that was great. Did you use the pro controller? I did. When I was using it on the TV, I did. Yeah. Yeah. They sold us pro controllers too. Yeah. They sold us everything. <laughs> they did. They just got sold, sold, sold. Is that the only game you bought? Uh, that's the only game I bought there. Yeah. I figured I could get most of their stuff on the eShop later if I wanted it. That's the only one that I, I really knew that I wanted to play. Yeah. Um, I don't know what else. I feel like I'm probably, I'll buy the Mario game that comes out later this year. Um, I'm still probably just going to buy a lot of stuff on PC. Like, as cool as the Switch is, I, I just really like 
PC games. Yeah, I would always mm. rather play everything there, on PC. There are, there are games that I'm cool with on PC, but there are some games that just don't feel right to me unless I'm... Like, like I, I, I was telling you guys earlier uh, in, in Slack, I'm waiting to play... Hollow Knight until it comes out on the Switch, just because that should I don't know. be soon, right? Yeah, I think it's pretty soon. They haven't announced a definitive date, but it seems like they're in they're in cert or whatever. Uh, but but yeah, like a Metroidvania like that just doesn't feel right to me on PC. That's a game I want on a handheld. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, what else did I play? Oh, so on on the, to have some stuff to play. In downtime, uh, I downloaded a couple of iOS games. Uh, one is, um, so you, do you remember agar.io riff? Oh, I remember that URL. I don't remember what it is. It's sort of like, uh, like you are a cell and you're eating other cells based on whether you're larger than them or not. Okay. And then there was another one that was Slither. Slither.io that was I really. I that one, yeah. That was pretty good. That was like a, you got, how did that one work? You like got longer if you ate something. It was like you get, yeah, you were like a snake that you, or like a worm and you would eat food or other people. And, uh, I forget exactly. Oh, you know, if they, if you, if you got them to run into you, they would turn into like food and then you could eat them. Right. Yes. Uh, and so this is, it's called paper.io. Uh, and it is, I guess, I guess it's like quicks. Yeah, it's, I didn't, it's just quicks. It's like a massively oh. multiplayer quicks. But I didn't oh, really weird. play quicks, so I would have described it as like a territorial snake, where you okay. sure. are you when you're on your own territory, you don't have a tail. When you leave your territory, you start having a tail until you sort of cordon off some some area, and then it sort of becomes claimed as yours. And then, but if somebody hits your tail while you're out, you're if, just dead. If anyone, including you, hits your tail, that you die. Uh, and so you're safe when you're on your territory, but you can be completely surrounded by somebody if you don't ever leave your territory. So that doesn't work. These people are just going to keep making massively multiplayer, very accessible versions of like the simplest games and keep being incredibly successful with them. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, so in this one, I think it's free. I, I got it on iOS uh, and. Yeah, I think it's also on the PC, and it's just it's like very heavily ad filled. Yeah, uh, I bought the no ads version, but it's no still version. every time you get killed, you can Did watch you know? a fucking thirty second ad video to like get a second life. Which when you get up to like fifty or sixty percent of the board, so the way that it works is there's a finite area, and you can if you get good enough, you can uh, claim the entire board for yourself. Like you can just get a hundred percent area which is kind of cool yeah because it only spawns new players into unclaimed areas so once it gets like super packed yeah uh it's neat the the one time i did it on on ios i had sort of just made a border all the way around the edge and then connected my border together on the far edge and it was and I just filled that in the counts whole, as for ah uh, yes filled in the whole board <laughs> total quicks tricks yeah it was really good yeah because it's not with with quicks you the walls counted and whenever you bisected the mm, empty the space it gave you whatever the smallest section of I the see. bisection was so you could still do similar things you could like build a little build Unclave. a little tendril out and then move to the opposite wall and claim half the screen all at once right does it have like the the roaming 
electrical thing in the middle. No, nope, only other only, only other, other players. players. Yeah. <laughs> But there are a lot of them. So yeah, and it spawns them in randomly. So, like, you can be in a totally free territory, and then, it like, every once in a while, you'll spawn into a new game, and it just immediately destroy someone who's had, got 50% of the field. Or vice versa. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that one's pretty cool. And then I also got a, uh, a really, I, I like it quite a bit, a, um, a cute uh, and relatively challenging platformer for iOS called Catbird. Um. You are a cat with wings, and you are doing some sort of like uh, platformy puzzle-y stuff, arcadey platforming stuff. It's it's good. It's relatively. It seems relatively stor- straightforward and short. Uh, there's a couple of like hidden secrets and achievement type stuff, and I'm like, I don't know, eighty or ninety percent of the way through the game, I think, and it's good. I like it a lot. Who would win in a fight between Catbird and Snakebird? Hmm. Probably Catbird, because there's a lot more. They, they have a lot more mobility. More freedom of movement, yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> Did you see that? Uh, there was a YouTube video about, I think it was like either a, like a some sort of bird of prey uh, swooping down and picking something up off the ground and then flying towards a crowd of people and then dropping the thing they picked up uh, off like at the people, and it was a snake. He <laughs> 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 just picked up a giant snake and thrown it at people. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it was humans, really good. Fuck you. Yeah, no, I mean that's just its way of hunting humans, right? right? Like, <laughs> oh yeah, maybe they're a team. Yeah, this is okay, this. They've got a ukulele thing going. Huh? Huh? Yeah, well, that's. Uh, I would have described it as more of a ratchet and clank relationship. <laughs> okay, or, uh... sure. <laughs> um, I got. Uh, because we released a successful video game. video game, I thought I would maybe spend a little bit of the money on a dumb treat for myself, and so I bought a Vive, despite a hundred percent certainty that it was a waste of money. Um, <laughs> I and I and I wouldn't buy it at full price, but then as soon as I had decided, as soon as I like looked at it, I thought, all right, I'm I have more money than cents right now. Should I buy this Vive? And I looked at it, and I'm like, nope. Not for eight hundred bucks, and then like the next day it went on sale for six hundred bucks. Yeah. I was like, "All right, well, I'm only human." So, I bought a Vive and set it up, and I've been playing a bunch of stuff on there. Have um, you played um, Abduction yet? No, I played that on the PC, hmm. and uh, I played four or five hours of it, and that was enough. I, I, I kinda... have it for PSVR now, but I haven't started it yet. I mean, you'll you'll like it more than I did. I think. Um, are you are you not a, a a Mist and Riven guy? I really liked Mist playing it in kind of tandem with uh, with my my friend, oh, that's who, and that was great. Uh, Riven, I more or less never got anywhere, and like I feel pretty resentful of all of the time that I spent trying to figure out anything in Riven because I feel like it creates this gigantic sprawling puzzle graph and doesn't make any of the dependencies clear Mm -hmm. and so most of the time that i spent messing around with riven it was fucking around with puzzles that i did not have the ability to solve even if i had figured out how they worked and that is a thing that bugs me a lot um 
And I and I ended up kind of feeling the same way about abduction. Like the first time I I got like stuck and looked at a walkthrough in abduction, it was like, oh yeah, there's just this building you haven't been in, and there's a thing in there that you needed to find in order to be able to solve this puzzle. And I was like, okay, that's like. Was it? And had you not found the building because the 3D space is complicated? I think there were just multiple doors to it, and the one that I tried was locked. But there was one in the back that you could get into. Mm. Like, anyway, I, I. The thing that I was kind of the most excited about that I have not played yet because I can't get the microphone in the Vive working correctly was that Star Trek bridge crew thing oh, huh. where uh, I played some of the, tu- you can play it without the mic. So I did some of the tutorial stuff without the mic and it just like, it straight up like puts you in a body in a chair. Like you can look down and see a body and the arms that yeah. are connected to it as you move it around. And it's, it's weird. That place, uh, the PlayStation uh, puzzle box when I played that I've forgotten the name of is kind of like that. Mm. It's, it's weird. It's a little disorienting at first. I haven't I haven't done anything more than like the first half of the tutorial for that game, so that's not um, that's not really much worth talking about. But two things that were really good: um, Super Hot VR is great. Yeah, that is it, pretty cool. Is it on PSVR also? Yeah, I haven't. It's I I have a real trouble uh, throwing objects. Yeah, me too. I guess with the the Oculus version, throwing is incredibly intuitive, huh. but all of the translations of it are pretty rough. Yeah, I've never successfully like thrown a thing at a guy and killed him, yeah. which I think is eventually going to cause some real problems. The guns um, are so satisfying. Yeah, they are. The, th- the one thing that I don't like is that it is set up in these like kind of five-level vignettes, mm. and if you die on the fifth level, you have to yeah. play the first four again, and... They're not always all that. Like once you've mastered them, they're not that fun to just play through again. Because they always play out the same. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's variability just because it's a physics engine. Well, once you once you like, start doing once stuff, you sort of figure out the same. Yeah. There's stuff. yeah. The 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 circumstances of it are always the same. Yeah. But um, I have like just exactly enough room, like barely enough room to play that in in the space I'm playing it in. I need to put like a a duct tape cross on the floor or something so i don't wander and bang my hand in the book into the bookcase you can just tape your feet oh to the so floor. You, wait you can see the duct tape no so under i could the mask like, or no so i could like feel it with my feet oh feel it with your bare feet okay yeah yeah i punched a dude in vr and punched the whole warren ellis run of swamp thing <laughs> oh, no. out the uh, to the to the back of the bookshelf that it was in uh, it could have been worse i mean i could have just ruined my controller by punching the yeah. actual bookshelf or pushed your hand through a window or something right yeah yeah hmm. i kind of always know where the window is because i always have a fan running when i play it in the in the that okay. gives me a little bit but man if i do it without it like by the time I've been playing for 10 minutes, I have fucking no idea where I am in the room. Like, I have terrible direction sense anyway. And, like, yeah. I got the... The the vibe that I bought is so much better than the one at the office, even though I don't think it's an actual different hardware rev. Mm. Like, it's... Just the headset itself. The though. headset itself, yeah. Like, I so I bought the the, like, deluxe head strap which gives it the psvr feature of the crank like that you ratchet it down onto your head when you put it on which is just huge yeah 
and it has built in headphones, which is like one less thing to get tangled up in, in the dark. Um, and then I also played most of the Rick and Morty VR game, which oh. is just a delight. Really? Yeah. It's, it's essentially just Rick and Morty themed job simulator. I think it's the same people oh, okay. made it, oh, but I really like job simulator. There is, and I see, I don't actually like job simulator all that really? much. Like I, oh. yeah, it just, I had a it, bunch of fun just throwing shit at people. <laughs> it doesn't, job simulator doesn't. Like, I want it to do something when you, like, pour wine into the toaster, okay. and it just doesn't, right? And I, and I get that, like, I can't expect them to think about yeah, everything every, that every I did. Sing, every possible interaction. But, but it kind of feels like they did in the Rick and Morty game. Huh. Like, it's a much more constrained space. You are just in the garage, and there is... There is a device where it's just like two pads and a button and you put an object on the left pad and it kind of like hovers in place to let you know it's been accepted. You put an object on the right pad, you press a button and it creates an object on the third pad that is just a combination of those two items and it never failed to make something unique no matter what I dragged in of the probably 150 objects that are in the in the game that you can, that you can get access to. It's, I think a lot of it is just systemic, but, and it, and a lot of it is because I think it was probably pretty easy for them to model those things because they're just, you know, some primitives with a color on them and not even really like a texture. And some of them, it's like any like can of soda or can of beer. If you mix that with something, it just gives you a version of that thing with a shiny metal texture on it so like a, the, a bunch of it is just systemic it, there's anything cardboard that you put on one of them you just get like an icon of the other thing on a piece of corrugated cardboard hmm. that's pretty funny yeah and but but it's just it's like there is so much stuff that the actual missions that you go through like i played for 45 minutes or an hour and i got through 80% of the game according to the like kind of little level select thing but there is so much stuff to just dick around with there's so many like weird little interactions between things and like different like hats you can put on and it does a different thing and and just like little things to to open up and mess with in the world like it's I don't know it's oh, I love that sort of thing <laughs> yeah I, 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 I hope there's I hope that's where VR is going. <laughs> that's 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 kind of what I want is just just dicking around workbenches yeah. and just detailed environments to look around yeah. in. Have you played Waltz of the Wizard? Is that a thing that exists on PSVR? Uh, I don't. I, if it if it does, I haven't found out about you, it. And that one, you're just at a, la, a like a table, like a workbench in in the top floor of a wizard's tower, and. You just like have these different spells that you can unlock by combining elements in a cauldron that are like l sitting there around you and they let you do things like interact with st stuff elsewhere in the tower at a distance. Oh, and it's like, it's so, it's so good. Uh, and that like, I, I personally don't think the VR is going anywhere. Like, I don't think that this generation is enough better than what they had in the 90s that it was just kind of useless like uh, like i don't think do you feel it, the same thing about augmented reality ah uh, that's hard to say i mean it like if you could get google glass onto your normal glasses that didn't make you look like a dipshit 
yeah. dweeb that everyone wanted to kick out of the bar, then maybe. If you could get VR onto that, then maybe. But like, I don't, I don't think any of these things is going to get an install base that any of the things that are currently having millions of dollars pumped into the development of are going to make their money back. And I think that once the current crop of VR games get finished, there aren't going to be any more. And I think a lot of the existing ones are like never going to get out of early access and like, mm. but it's still really cool. Yeah. <laughs> to mess with, but it's it, like, it's really cool in a way that I think that it should be in an arcade and you should go and pay $5 for a 10 minute VR experience because that's about how much of that you want before your face gets too sweaty. It's, um, yeah, I don't think we should make VR games unless we could make them real, real fast and cheap. <laughs> um, we played, uh, we went to, I guess we had to sign NDAs when we got to that party. So we can't yep. really talk about it. Yep. <laughs> Never mind. Um, uh, anyway, my experience with cons- the consumer build of the Oculus Rift is that it's terrible uh, relative to the Vive, and nothing happened to disabuse me of that notion during PAGs. Um, I, like, the PSVR, I had fun playing uh, Super Hypercube. Mm, sure. Like, that, seemed, that seemed pretty cool. It and just it seems seems like, like it just seems like that Batman thing was pretty fun. Have you done the Batman thing? I haven't done the Bat- Batman one yet. Um, this is the, mostly the, just watching Ben Burbank stroking Alfred's face. <laughs> <laughs> the remake of Rez plays super well. Yeah, I think I'm going to buy that. when it. I, but I also spent like $200 on VR games because they're all $20. Yeah. And uh, none of them is more than like an hour long, and I, but it's not a good enough return on <laughs> But I'm I I don't know. Is Res Infinite worth forty bucks? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I paid a hundred bucks for Res on the PS One back in the day when you couldn't get it. So yeah, does it have a does it have the weird uh, dildo? Can you buy a dildo for it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I also no played idea. a PC game uh, that I'm sad that Jim's not here to talk about because it's called This Strange Realm of Mine. <laughs> uh, and it has a realm. It has some some realms in it. It is... Is it related to This War of Mine? It is not uh, <laughs> at all. Um, it So this reminds me a lot of Kitty Horror Show's games. Okay. Uh, in that it is a... It's, it's, it was, I, I verified this afterwards, but it was pretty clear to me that this was a one person operation. And it's like you do some kind of lo fi video game stuff, and then you get some, some, a little poem on the screen, and then you do some more lo fi video. And it's like really not like autobiographical exactly, but it's like this is, this is a game about what happens to you when you die. And it starts out like, it starts out with like a weird spore game kind of where you're just like a light moving around collecting other lights and then when you do enough of that it zooms out far enough that then you're basically playing doom for a few levels where you're going around and talking to some kind of anime animals and stuff like and that's the part that really reminds me of kitty horror show stuff where you'll be walking around in a in a like a kind of a crudely but like deliberately like a very intentionally crudely rendered 3d space that you're moving around with a very straightforward 
first person shooter vocabulary. Um, but then there will just be some sprite based 2D character that you walk up and click on them and it opens a dialogue system for you to have a conversation with them. Um, and then it got to like a kind of a Minecrafty section where you were having to chop down some trees that were in a kind of a low poly 3D style in a kind of more jumping puzzly environment. Uh, and then you go to like a, like it's kind of a 2d platformer where you're chopping down spider webs with an ax to get it's, 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 it's a, it's a real, just like pastiche of different things, like just a series of different games in a kind of autobiographical, like not the gameplay itself is not self serious, but the, the writing is a little, yeah, it's a little lofty. Uh, I don't like, I don't want to say pretentious because I don't think that it is pretending to anything, but it's, it's, it's self-serious in the way that Kitty Horror Show's stuff is, but it's less, like, self-parody than that stuff is maybe because that stuff is just all, it's nothing but, like, blood and teeth and you know, like rebirth through undulating slimy orifices and stuff. And this is just like, I don't know. It's about like looking back on your life and thinking about the choices that you made and stuff. So, I mean, it's like, whatever, it's fine. I don't want to, I don't like, it's a little dissonant with the silly gameplay. Hmm. It's like, if, if like, if all the text in frog fractions two was like real serious, it would be the same, it would be the same kind of thing. But, um, I like, I like this game a lot. And I, I was like, oh, I want to see like who made this. And it was somebody who I forget what he worked for some larger studio that had made. I'm getting it mixed up with all the people that I met at PAX and then like looked up on the internet to see what they had worked on. It, I forget what it was that this, this guy came, but he, he was basically, he came from some, triple a studio or you know large like mid-tier studio and then is now just like made a bunch of games on his own and some of them have done okay but the the last thing that i found was this blog post where he basically said like this game has sold 200 copies in total so i'm just gonna quit making games like this is terrible this is garbage this uh, like i'm i'm a sad man now which does really suck It, it is a $15 game that is very difficult to recommend. Yeah. Even though I like it a lot, like it's right. It, it reminds me a lot of the games that Kitty Horror Show makes and releases to her Patreon backers, which is, I think maybe curated audience. yeah, Yeah. Which is, I think maybe where this kind of thing can be at this point. Like, it just, I think the guy had had some success on Steam. Like, he had a Steam game that had sold some tens of thousands of copies because it was just like, I think the name of the thing that he had that seemed, according to Steam Spy, to be the most successful thing was called just 3D RPG. And it was like a kind of a procedurally generated voxel dungeon crawl thing, which huh. sounds good. And maybe yeah. I'll go buy that. Uh, but yeah, this thing, man, 15 bucks. Like, that's too too much for something that 
for something that doesn't screenshot well and is kind of hard to like, I found out about it through Alec Mir from rock, paper, shotgun, who basically like, I feel like you could have a hundred journalists now. And all they did was each write a weekly column that was here are the 10 games that came out on steam this week that were interesting to me because I bought and played every game that came out on Steam, and so I played 200, 300 games, and these are the 10 that I thought were remarkable enough for you to buy, which that's, you know, the way that I learned about this was from that column on Rock, Paper, Shotgun. It's like, here's some shit you definitely didn't see, because (laughs) Steam is a fire hose of mostly garbage now. Uh Anyway, the game is called This Strange Realm of Mine. Also, pretty bad name. Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't tell you what to expect or encourage you to remember it. Sure. And that's, that's true. I mean, naming shit is really hard. That but, is true. But like, this is not in a million years what I would imagine that this game was based on the name of it. Like, I had to be told about it and got that the, Data suggested that the maximum number of concurrent players of this game was one. Wow. Which is, that makes me real sad. Jeez. Um, cause it's, it's well done and it's, it is an interesting work. And what is it called again? This strange realm of mine. It's, it, that really is memorable because you, hard. you'd said it like a second ago and I couldn't remember. <laughs> Well, you just got to remember this war of mine, but with realms. And strange. Yeah, but then it's weird. It's not like, like this war of mine is real normal. Right. And this is a game with realms and it's weird. So weird realms. I tried to get, speaking of which, I tried to get my jam game up on that site where you can, where you could play it the way that you could gym stuff. But for whatever reason. On PHP. Well, it will run PHP, but it won't let you do a repository that has multiple files in it with php oh weird yeah i don't really understand why that i mean i'm sure it's just some technical limitation on the back end but if it were a python game i could have the game and a data file that ran it but because it's a php game i can't this this realm word wizard wizard realms wizard realms yeah so it has to know what words are so you can't play it without the data file well that's boring well it's just impossible. You can't attack with words if there are no words. What if you tried oh, to attack see. with words, Mr. Anderson, but found yourself <laughs> unable to use any words? Well, that's why words can never hurt you, because there are none. That's what true. if you wanted to scream, but there, but you had no words? <laughs> yep. Uh, well, shall we talk about the assignment, Space Word Ho? Sure. Sure. I think we need to give this guy another go at choosing an assignment because I don't think that any of us could. I didn't get anywhere in it either. I spent like an hour and a half playing it and I I didn't. Yeah, I mean, I didn't win. (laughs) I couldn't ever. Like, did you just play the phone version? Yeah. It seems like a real bad port. Uh, well, I wasn't sure about that. Like, it, I was like, well, maybe this is just what the game is like. Like, it's not the, okay. the, I, I looked up, I tried to find a way to play the PC game and I did not like, I ended up just trying to play it in like emulated DOS box on some abandonware site. Mm-hmm. And the shortcut key to make a turn pass is 
the same as the shortcut key to open a new tab in Chrome. <laughs> and so it just couldn't, I couldn't do anything with it. And it's like, at that point, it's like, I could have done, but, but then I thought, okay, I couldn't make heads or tails of this on the phone well enough to figure out how to achieve anything. It definitely, to, there was definitely to, a learning curve. To play. The instruction manual on the phone is organized in a just infuriating, impossible sure. way. So is every other copy of the manual online. I spent some time trying to just find, could you just give me a fucking PDF of the print manual? Because maybe that would be okay. But I think maybe the print manual was terrible. Hmm. Every version of it is like some goofy Invisiclues thing where it's like, here's 40 links, each of which goes to one to 10 paragraphs on a blank, otherwise blank web page. It was like a, like an early nineties ass website in every case where I found it. What did you learn? You you seem to have had the most experience. Yeah, I mean, I, I was able to expand out from my initial planet to a number of planets, and I think I probably expanded too quickly because I r eventually ran out of uh, money um, and then hit a bunch of other civilizations, which started taking away my planets, and then I just collapsed. Uh, and I don't exactly know how you're supposed to strike that balance because almost everything that you find early on doesn't actually generate any money for you. It takes a long time. Yeah, before... you like settle planets, but they're cash negative for a long time yeah. until they until they eventually get terraformed. And and like you can evacuate planets, but that also seems to take forever. And well, that happens that same turn. In my does experience. it? Huh. Yeah. I. When I tried it, I had to go through many, many turns where it still just was listed as evacuating. In uh, the... I guess maybe I never had a large enough population. That, like when I was evacuating stuff, it was like population 10. Huh. So there probably some sort of ma maximum ship size or something. It has some interesting ideas in that there are graphs that represent your focus and there those graphs are also the UI to change yeah, the thing that they're that. graphs of, which is... yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's interesting in a good way necessarily, but yeah. it, it seemed like this, the intent of this was to be a very, very streamlined 4X game, but it really failed, I think. Like, well, like I, I think the, I think Neptune's the UI pride. Is, the UI is really rough. And yeah. I think, I think that. I mean, this is a game from some, 1990, so you gotta forgive it a little bit because. But if you if you wanted to, you could potentially remake it, keeping the systems the same, but but have sort of a more modern sensibility on how anything interacts and works. Which they did. I mean, this this port was from like 2012 or something. Well, but, but that doesn't mean that they actually. Made, but they did. It's it's all all of the UI uh, on the phone version is made new from scratch, but it's wow, still real bad. It's just real, real bad in a different way. Huh. Okay. Well, so maybe this was somebody's like first project because I can't imagine somebody that had like done anything commercially successful would have ported it this way. Yeah. It's weird. All of the photos of this box say New World Computing on them. And this seems like the kind of thing that New World Computing would have done, given that they did that nuclear war game. And I was kind of expecting this to be, oh, this is like 4X, except like in the style of nuclear war, where it's going to be silly and right. simplified and accessible. But it is nothing like that. Like, it's, I mean, it's silly in the sense that all the planets wear hats. 
Yeah, Which although that does understand. not super help. Like, you colonize a new planet, and it gets, like, a shittier hat if it's a shittier planet. Yes, But yeah. that doesn't, like, I was like, oh, does that mean that I sent ships to this planet and it already belongs to straw hat guy instead of cowboy hat guy? But, like, no, nope. that's just the shitty cowboy hat. That Oh, this one has the slightly blue version of my hat. Is that a different team? Or, nope. Uh, yeah, it... it it is impenetrable, I think, mostly because of the UI, and it is weird how bad the UI is, given that it is a fairly modern remake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we should play Nuclear War. We should play the New World Computing Nuclear War at some point, because I remember having just a pirated copy of that that I didn't have the instructions for and figuring uh -huh. out how to play it, and it was fun. And it also has a bunch of just, like, parodies of 80s world leaders. Sure. Mm -hmm. Jimmy Carter is a, a, is a, is a playable character. Cool. I think you can have him versus Ronald Reagan. Okay. Yeah. Jimmy Carter can Reagan, be R -A -Y -G -U -N It does. Parody. It Good. does for Good. maximum parody. It's Ronnie Reagan. And uh, I forget what some of the others are, but uh, they're all about that. Good. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a there's a Margaret Thatcher, there's a Memory Carter, there's a Qaddafi, there's a Ayatollah Khomeini. I think he's maybe Ayatollah Kukamami. Okay. okay. Yeah. Qaddafi is Qaddafi. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. But none of these are Spaceward Ho. <laughs> none of them are Spaceward Ho, and apparently they just have nothing to do. I don't understand. Like. Nowhere on the Wikipedia trail outwards from Spaceward Ho do you get to New World Computing at all. Oh, huh. I do not understand. So they published it? Maybe? I don't, apparently not. Like, it doesn't say that it was published by them. Like, I don't know if those are just, like, fakes, like, Photoshop screenshots of the box trying to lend legitimacy to it. That or seems unlikely to it, me. It does, I, but I don't. I don't know. You know, the one thing that I didn't do was go to the New World Computing Wikipedia page and see their, if it was on their list of games, right? Uh, and why? But yeah, I uh, like. I do think that we should just give this Patreon backer who selected this another go uh, for this time around, and because because I don't I don't feel like I was able to give this enough of a chance to actually say anything about the game itself. I mean, you know, we've had plenty of things to say about the UI and sure presentation of it. I found it super difficult. I feel like it's it's a game that you definitely learn a lot by playing and losing a bunch. So it's like Dark Souls. It's like the yeah. Dark Souls of 4X games, you would say. Dark Souls of 4X games, exactly. Okay. Uh, what are we doing for our next assignment? Uh, it was something I said, oh, uh, Layers of Fear? Yeah. I think I talked about, I played this and talked about it on a previous episode, which usually disqualifies things, but I like the idea of an assignment that I've already played. <laughs> um, this is a game that was made by the people that made that Observer game that I talked about that had Rutger Hauer as the protagonist and the VO of the protagonist last time. But it's just like, uh, it's kind of a horror walking simulator. And I'm excited for you guys to play it, and I'm excited to maybe play it again or maybe just listen to the episode play a I, new layer of just it. listen to the episode <laughs> where i talked about it yeah i could play a new layer of it um god it's hot in here yep uh do do you know who this episode of uh video games hot dog was brought to us by who who was the, it 
our generous Patreon backers, such as Swelter Fahrenheit. <laughs> oh, uh, was it? Uh, was was he a friend of uh, Manny Hawk? Kelvin's? <laughs> yes, there you go. Good, uh, Farah Height. <laughs> Farah and Height. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Cardinal Elsius. Okay. Uh, how many other temperature scales are there? Sweat, sweaty, sweaty chair cushion. Kelvin Simmons. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Nothing. No, just me. It's yeah. Yes. Hot, hot Doug. Hot, hot buttered Bob. Okay, guys, uh, I've had a fantastic time recording episode number 301 of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I'm sorry about the Patreon backers section. We are <laughs> too exhausted from the combination of packs and the heat to uh, be, be humans. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I hope we record episode number 302 real soon, and I hope that uh, Jim is back with us. And yeah. listeners, I hope that you will join us one and all. And if you do, you won't be disappointed. And if you don't, you also won't be disappointed. Oh, that's true. Impossible to disappoint. Cockaboo boobalaya. Good night, everybody. Have a great week, everyone.